So we're going to talk about who you are in Christ. Who are you anyway in Christ? Are you just your natural self? Are you just your normal person? Or is there something deeper down on the inside of you that's resonating out and is coming forth and causing you to be something that you, you weren't before you got saved? So we have a freedom in Christ. So we're going to start in this series in July, Who You Are in Christ. And this series is all about you. Isn't that exciting? It's all about you. Well, we know how great God is. God can do everything. He's perfect. But what about you? Where does that put us? And where, does, where do we lie in his plans? So God is great. And let's see what he has given us. Freedom in Christ. Okay, let's see the next uh, slide. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What are they talking about? We don't have to do all the rules and regulations that the Old Testament had set up for us. We, didn't have, we don't have to sacrifice bulls and goats and observe the Sabbath. You know, they could only walk 100 yards on the Sabbath day. That's like 10 football fields. Anything after that, you get persecuted. You broke the law. Isn't that sad? Well, we drive now, but you can't even drive 100 yards. That'd be like just down the street. That's it. You're done. So uh, <laughs> we had to fight for our freedom to get to this country, didn't, didn't we have to tell the, Purit or the Puritans came and they said, we want our religious freedom. They broke away from England. We're still fighting and breaking away from people that are trying to entangle us and, and come in and take over. You know, when I was, uh, my, my father worked for the airlines, and so I was able to take trips on his airlines for free. So while I was in college, I went to Europe three times. And that was always nice. And so I went with another guy that I played baseball with. And uh, so I was in England. We were in England. And so he, it was time to go to the next country, Germany. And I, I kind of was smitten by this English girl. And so I told him, you know, go ahead. Go on. Go on there. I'll catch up with you. <laughs> he said, okay. He said, I'm going to this German town. And it has a U.S. Army base there. So just look me up. I go, no problem. So after a couple of days, I got on the train and I went to go to Germany, find this him at a town with a German, with a U.S. Army base. Every town had a U.S. Army base. Every stop, oh, there's the, there's the Army. There's the, why? They had to infiltrate. They had to be there to make sure Germany didn't rise up again. So we're, the American troops are all over the world making sure that people don't overtake us. So it costs to have freedom, and it costs to keep freedom. Amen? Even in our own lives. Um, uh, that, this is the next slide. We have to be set free from our own selves. In Romans 6, 12, it says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. What does that mean? You can't be a slave to your lust. You can't be a slave to your addictions, to your habits, to your thoughts, the things that you want to do. You have to shake it off. Amen? <laughs> Can you shake it off? <laughs> because, you know, I, I counsel... Uh, uh, students at APU and Life Pacific College, and when they're there and, and they're being tempted, I said, don't just sit there and let the devil take target practice on you. Get up, move, do something. Change the scenery, and the devil will go away. Amen? Don't be just sitting there, well, 
I don't know if I like that person anymore. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can get along with that person, what, what they did. You know, I've had to sit in meetings with people that have owed me over $1,000 and pretend like everything is okay. I feel like, you know, like in those movies, jumping over the table and grabbing them by the throat, going, you, you, what, don't pretend like you don't owe me no money. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to control yourself. Praise the Lord. So we're free from the law, we're free from ourselves, and we're free from sin. You don't have to give in to temptation. Did you know that? Yes, you don't have to. Let's look at Romans, the next one. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Isn't that good? So let's look at this. If you're a slave to sin, what does it look like? They're, you're like everybody else. Just in line. I'm just doing what I'm stuck here. My father's been doing it. I've been doing it. My son's doing it. You need to get clear and free and break free from habits and things that, that hold you down. Praise the Lord. Now, <laughs> you have to learn how to shake it up. Now, what, what are the things that you can be addicted to? Well, let's see this first. Uh, having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. What does that mean? That means you're a slave to wanting to do right things for people. You, you can't help but wanting to help somebody. Extend yourself. How can I help you? How can I be a blessing to you? You know, we have Andrew here who's uh, back at home with his mom during um, the this, this summer. But when he's here during the school year, he's here early. He says, Pastor, what do you need me to do? I, I'm ready to do whatever you... And then I'd tell him to do something afterward, and he'd come back. Okay, now, now what do you want me to do? i go, well, you know, take the trash out or do, you know, move this over here, take the tables, move that. Okay, okay. Comes back. Now what do you want me to do? i go, okay, you're wearing me out. <laughs> but so, when his mother came to visit, guess what? She was the same way. After we prayed and after we fellowshiped, she said, what can I do for you? Tell me what I, well, you can, you can do the communion. That'd be fine. You can do the communion for us. Set up the, the little cups. She did that. She was happy to do it. They just wanted, they're looking to do righteousness. looking to do right things. Praise the Lord. So you want to be used of God to help someone? You can do that. But you can be slave to your emotion. What kind of things can you be slave to? You can be slave to your anger. Isn't that right? Some of you, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody. Some of you can't drive in a car without getting mad at the person in front of you or the person that cut you off. Right? Look at this guy. He's had it. No, no, no. Back, 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 back. This guy is upset. I had a friend at Kaiser. when he, I, I saw him on the freeway when we were driving to Kaiser. And I didn't see him at work. And I, I, the next day I said, Joe, what happened to you? He goes, man, I was driving and this guy cut me off. And I, I was so mad. I pulled over the side of the road. I was fuming. I, I, I was so upset. And I go, then what happened? He says, I had to go to the hospital to get some pills to calm down. I go, you've got to be kidding me. He goes, no. I go, okay. So... A couple of weeks later, I needed a ride home with him. To, to <laughs> so he says, uh, 
can, I, can we just make a little pit stop on the way home? I go, sure. So he pulls up to a liquor store, <laughs> goes in and gets a bottle of wine, puts it in a thermos, and he's drinking it while he's driving. I go, what are you doing? <laughs> he says, I just need something to take the edge off. I go, take the edge off? So he did this twice, and finally I said, listen, let me t let's not make our pit stop today. Let me talk to you and distract you and get you, you know, thinking about good things and forget about the road. Don't be a slave to your emotions. And so now every time we ride home, we don't make the pit stop. And time goes by like that because you get in the spirit, right? You're not a slave to your emotion. How about, okay, the, the other slave is to this A slave to your appetite. You know, some people can't stop eating no matter what. <laughs> the doctor said, listen, if you keep eating this way, you're going to die. I'd rather die than give up my diet, okay? <laughs> you can't put anything in front of the person because they have no resistance. They can't stop eating. If it's in the refrigerator, it could be 3 o'clock in the morning, and something will wake them up so there's a pie down there. And I got to get to it. And you're not happy until the whole thing is gone. Now, when I was growing up, my parents would tell me, you can have two cookies and that's it. Okay? So you have your two cookies and then you just like suck it up. But nowadays, when you're the parent, you can have as many cookies as you want. Nonstop. You don't even have to. You can finish the whole bag if you want to. So we have to... Put our emotions under control and not be a slave to eating. Amen? Praise God. How about this? Slave to gossip. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't help talking about somebody. I know it's juicy. I know it's, you know, something you want to hear and something exciting. But you're not helping the matter any when you do that, right? Don't be a person that's known to be a gossiper. There's some people that have that title. Don't tell them because we know it'll go all throughout. But guess what? When you want something to go all, all out, you tell them. And you know it's going to go all out. <laughs> you, you heard about the person that, that was, had a secret and they let it out. And well, I said to them, what, what, what happened? He said, well, I could keep the secret. But the people that I told, they couldn't keep the secret. <laughs> you know, when you tell a secret, it, it, there's no, you know, barriers. There's no fences for that. Praise the Lord. So what we have to do is not get so excited about gossip, right? Pray for the person. Let's see this next. We have to let the Bible walk through us and let us walk through the Bible. And do those things that, you know, I know it's tempting to want to talk about what other person did that was wrong. I know it's tempting to talk about how they messed up and you're just so holy. <laughs> I, I've come to this conclusion. Everybody's right, okay? Everybody is right. When you hear their story, that is the story. Amen? And anything that isn't is they, they know how to defend themselves. And I'm not talking about anybody personally here. I'm just, this is just, I didn't come to this conclusion just recently. I've, I've realized this, that that's the way it is, you know? I, I'm, I try to admit my fault. I really do. 
A lot of people don't. They just still think they're okay. I'm okay. You're not okay. <laughs> but we have to learn how to, to do this. Let's look at this scripture. This next scripture. I am crucified with Christ. Are you crucified? Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what kind of life are you living? The life that Christ has put in us. I live my life by the, what? By faith. I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So I, the first time I heard that scripture, I, we were sitting at church, and I'd just gotten saved, and I was friends with a guy in the soundboard, and the pastor called him up, and I don't know, he said something, and he quoted that scripture, and I went like, wow, that's amazing. How could you remember all those words? <laughs> and I said, I want to learn that scripture. I want to learn how to say that scripture and let it be a part of my heart. And so I did. And so I, I'm so happy that I have that, and I never, never have forgotten it. But the amazing thing is, a couple of years later, he had five daughters, and he left his wife with his five daughters, five daughters and never came back. I'm going like, what about this scripture? He had it in his mind, but he didn't have it in his heart. He wasn't living it out. So you have to be free from your emotions, from your thoughts, and from all those things, not just... Knowing the scripture, but living the scripture. Praise the Lord. So, our second part of this is going to find out who we are in Christ. Who are we in Christ? Let me see, where'd the microphone go? Behind me? Here? Here? This one? Yeah, okay. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be careful not to trip on the stairs. It really looks bad. <laughs> okay. Yes, like Wednesday, I came down from there and brrr, almost fell. Kind of like, a, you know, like a beauty pageant, you know. <laughs> All right. Very close. But thanks be unto God who always causes me to keep my steps, right? Okay, so we're, there's... 20 things that we are in Christ, but we're not going to go over all 20. We're just going to go over five today, okay? <laughs> all right. Yeah, thank God someone said it, right? <laughs> Can't go through 20. Okay, but these are good. You're going to like these. They're all about you. So let's see. The first one is? is uh, uh, you are, you, are, you loved. are loved. And let's read that, Gina. Oh, okay. Um, Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord has appeared... The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Right. Amen. And that is not only to him, but it's to the whole uh, nation of Israel and us that have been engrafted in. We are loved. And how important is that? I know you ladies say, Oh, if I could just have a man that could love me. Some of you say that. Some of you don't say that. But... <laughs> Let me introduce you to the man, Christ Jesus, who said he would love you with an everlasting love, never ending, no matter what. And it's agape love. What's that mean? He's concerned about you not even expecting anything in return except for your love, but he'll wait for that. And so when you're in love like that, you can't resist 
being in his presence, being with him. I know when my wife and I, we first met and we were dating, we had a short dating period, <laughs> 13 weeks, or 10 weeks, 10 weeks. And uh, we were so much in love, hallelujah. <laughs> Still are, right? We went on a, a little break, honeymoon. But anyway, so we would talk with each other after we went home on the phone. And one time we talked all night long until 6 o'clock in the morning. I don't know what we talked about. We didn't fall asleep, but we just wanted to be close to each other. So like 6 o'clock came, so I think we got to go to work. Just, you know, get, take a shower and I'll see you later on tonight. We saw each other every day. So you have to be, you know, kind of attached. When you're attached to the Lord, when you know that he loves you, he's drawing you by his loving kindness. What's loving kindness? He's loving you and he's kind to you. And despite the things that you have done, despite your mistakes, he, he draws you in. And um, he's concerned about you. And so my wife and I, we went to go see this movie way back when I just, it came to my remembrance, Betsy's Wedding. And uh, so Betsy's getting married and her sister Connie is the maid of honor. And so this Italian mafia guy, good looking Italian mafia guy, is trying to court her, trying to get her to, you know, spend time with him. And she's have nothing to do with it. You know, you're in the mafia, and you're good looking and everything, but mm. And so uh, he finally convinces her to go to a sidewalk cafe and just have some coffee with him. So he's sitting there and he's talking to her and he says, you know, Connie, you know what concerns me, Connie? <coughs> what? I, when, when you wake up, I'm concerned about how do you like your eggs? Do you, do you like them scrambled? Do you like them over easy? How do you like your toast? What kind of toast do you like? Do you, have, do you like coffee? Do you like tea? That's what concerns me. And so after the show, I get out and I, t I says to my wife, I go, that is the corniest line I have ever heard. Ladies, what did she say? <laughs> she said, you ought to do that. <laughs> That was beautiful. So <laughs> as I'm preparing the lesson, I'm thinking, I go, yeah, I am doing that now. I wake up and I go, how would you like your breakfast, dear? Would you like some oatmeal? Would you like some bananas in there, some blueberries? What about toast? Do you want any toast today? Coffee or tea? What, do you, what would you like? So this is a warning to you guys. <laughs> Don't go to romantic movies because it'll change your whole life. But anyway, it changes my, change your life for the better. Praise God. Know that you are loved. Praise God. All right. What's the second thing? This goes to Aurelia. Uh, who you are in Christ. <laughs> Ephesians 1.6. You are accepted just as he shows us in him before the foundations of the world. <laughs> that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined, predestinated us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, yes. according to the good pleasures of his will, to the praise of a, and the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted 
in the beloved. There it is. We're accepted. Isn't it nice to know not only are you loved, but you're accepted? Sometimes we love somebody, but then we have conditions, you know. Well, you know, you have to do this and you have to do that. You better not do that. <laughs> but we're accepted in, despite our mistakes. He knew who we were before he adopted us, before he called us. He knew we were going to make mistakes, but he still loved us and he still accepted. And I like what it says. It says, we are holy and without blame. Can you imagine that? The almighty God, the perfect, pure God says, you're holy in my eyes, and you're without blame. Hallelujah. There's some freedom in that, isn't there? <laughs> to be able to say, you know what? I'm just serving the Lord, and he loves me. He's accepted me. Now, when you get married, remember the preacher say, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold sickness and health? And it's, there's one part in there that says, for better or for worse, Right? You see the better at the altar, but when you go home, you see the worst, okay? <laughs> In both, both categories, okay? But you have to learn how to love through those categories, through those situations. I know when we play basketball, you know, if we make a mistake, we don't jump on each other's throats. We just go, okay, good shot, good shot. Keep, keep trying, keep playing, right? We're for one another. We're accepted in the beloved. I had this thought, you know, when we get to heaven... Because everybody has some differences here while we're here on the earth. Is that not true? There's some people that, you know, you forgive them, but you don't really want to talk to them that much. <laughs> but in God's eyes, you have to forgive them. And then when we get to heaven, what are we going to do? Like run around and talk to them? Hey, I'm so sorry about that. I owed you that money. I'm so sorry I talked to you that way. I'm so sorry that, you know, I, I, I did that and married your brother. You know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry I wronged you and cheated you out of it. Are, are we going to do that? When we get to heaven, all that's lifted. All of a sudden, now we're sisters and brothers in Christ, and nothing that here matters. And that's the attitude that we have to have here on this earth. Okay, so you wronged me. Okay, that's all right. I still have uh, a life in Christ, and he loves me, and he loves you. And let the Lord, you know, deal with us. You know, there's some, I heard this story, people believe for their, their, their children, sometimes for seven and ten years, waiting for them to come to the knowledge of the truth and come back and make repentance with the parents, and sometimes it takes that long. The prodigal son, we don't know how long he was gone, but he was gone a long time, but the father had to wait and allow the Lord to minister to that person, and you can't talk to them, you can't tell them, change this way, you know, you need to change, you know. Just let the Lord do it. It may take longer, but it's more lasting and it's more productive. Praise God. So we have to know that we are accepted and everyone's accepted and God has to straighten us all out. When we get to heaven, we're all going to line up. And I've had my heart been revealed to me before. And it's an ugly thing, I want to tell you. It's, it's not good. There, the Bible says our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. If we think we're so hot, wait till you meet the Holy One. And he's going to expose into us all of our, you know, pride and all of our jealousies and all of our um, selfish ambition. All these things that we think are so, you know, we're so upright, it's going to be exposed and our, all of our motives are going to be exposed and we'll be like naked before him. It's, it's frightening to see that. Okay, so that's the third thing. I mean, that's the second thing. Let's go to the third thing. You are a child of God to Lily in front of you. 
Is this helping you? Is this, it's helping me. I, when I was studying, I'm going like, yeah, I'm loved. I'm accepted. And what am I? What's the next thing? Who you are in Christ. You are a child of God, John 1, 12. But as, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Yes. We're a child of God. What do you think about when you're a child? When you're, when you're a child, what, you don't think about anything, do you? Those are my parents. They take care of me. They protect me. They tell me what to do. They guide me. They tell me what school to go to. They make provision for me. You don't have to worry about provision, do you? I never sat down with my parents and said, like, how are we going to make it this month? <laughs> Just seemed like they knew what they were doing. <laughs> As long as there's food on the table. I don't know what they did behind the scenes, but, you know, to me, everything was fine. So when you're a child of God, child of the king, he, take, he, he, he hovers over you. He watches over you. He, he makes sure you're going and you're coming is straight. Isn't that, isn't that it? I know in, in 1 John it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called a child of God. And one day I just took the whole day meditating on that. I, I'm a, I'm a, I am a child of God? I, I am a child of God. Almighty God. Most people can't even fathom that. Because a father loves his child. A mother loves his, their children, right? God loves us with an everlasting love. Praise God. Greater love has no man than this, that they would give their life for someone else. And there was a story, I don't know if you guys saw this on YouTube. There's this guy, he's in one of the countries that they're fighting, Afghanistan or wherever. And this, this girl was caught. Uh, there was an ambush and all of her family was killed. And she was lying underneath her mother for protection for two days. What, what, what trauma that is. And she was pinned down. And so this guy says, cover me. I'm going to run and go get her. <laughs> In my mind, I'm thinking, you're crazy. <laughs> so they had a... They had a um, tank that was in the way, and they put some smoke up, and then just like in the movies, they have the guy covering, and, you know, and he runs, he grabs the girl, he runs back, and he, he brings her back, and, and it wasn't even his child. He has children. He has a wife, and they interviewed him. He said, you know what? I looked at John 15, 13, and it said that. No greater love has anyone than to give your life for someone else, and I thought, this might be someone's, or is someone's uh, child, and I wanted to save him, save her. I, I, I thought that was amazing. But that's the love the Father. He'll do anything for us to keep us safe. Praise God. So we're loved, we're accepted, we're a child of God. And now here's, here's number four. I like this one. This is Rosie in the back. Why don't you come up, Rosie, and grab the mic? Because I don't want to, you know, trip. Whoop. Yeah. You are Jesus' friend. John 15, 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. Wow. So, we're a friend 
of Jesus? But what, do you have friends? What, what do friends do? They talk to you. They tell you their secrets. They tell you their innermost beings. There's some friends right there, right? They spend time with each other, right? They, you can say anything to your friend, and they'll understand most times, right? Most. So we can be a friend to Jesus. We can talk to him throughout the day, and I've learned how to do this. And now I'm at the point where I can't, I don't know if it's me or him that's talking. We're talking back and forth, and I, I was telling Irma when we were getting, doing the parking lot and taking care of the grounds here, I, I felt like the Lord was smiling on me and saying, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. This is his property. I'm just taking care of it for him, and he's smiling, and he's happy about it. And she was saying, yeah, there's some things that I need to take care of in my property. And the Lord was telling me the same thing, that I'll help you with that. So friends, you, you, can, be, you can be frustrated and still talk to your friend. You can still talk to God. You can even tell him you're mad at him. He won't get upset. Don't get too mad, but just tell him, you know, <laughs> things that are concerning you so that you can get it out so he can talk to you. That's what friends do. I know, I talk to Ronnie at times. I tell him, Ronnie, this, this, you know, what about this, what about that? And he's very open and honest to me. He just tell me right, like it is. Don't hold back. Ronnie told me one time, he says, when the, when the lawn was all brown, he goes, is your, is your lawn like that? <laughs> friends can talk to friends that way. I said, no, but I'm not in control of it. Now that we're in control of it, we spend the money to put the water in it and plant the seeds and do whatever we can. So everything that I do now, I go, Ronnie, look at the parking lot, okay? <laughs> Amen. But Jesus said, when you, he'll tell you secrets. It says, come unto me and I will show you things that you know not. He'll show you secrets about this life in this world. You know, we have these contractors here. Thank God they're, they're all Christian and they're all giving us discounts, which is really nice. But they know things that we don't know, that I don't know. And when we're doing the parking lot, I'm always asking them questions. You know, well, what about this? And don't forget to cover that crack and make sure you cover go all the way to the end, okay? And how are the lines going? And they're telling me you can do this and you can't do that. So I'm learning because they're telling me the secrets of the trade. Jesus and the Father God knows the secrets of this world, and they can influence you and tell you what you need to do to get over. <laughs> can I get over? Amen? So like I said, you, you ever wake up and the Lord will tell you something? And, and my admonishment to you is just talk to the Lord all throughout the day. Just ask him about things. You'd be surprised how he just slip in a thought, and you go like, where did that come from? Well, you know, we always say it this way, something told me. That something is someone. Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay, the last one. Who you are in Christ is Norma. You are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. What, what kind of promise is that? Heirs of God. Anybody of you an heir to anything? Your family leave you? Your father, your mother leave you anything? No. So sorry. Yes, <laughs> you have. It's a wonderful thing. It's not something that you earned. All of a sudden, they tell you, 
you, you have been awarded, <laughs> you have been left an inheritance. Come pick it up. Nothing that you have done, but we're heir of God. What does that mean? That means all that God has, he's given to Jesus, and everything that Jesus has, he says, I have given to you. So we're joint heirs with Christ. All the power that Jesus has, all the healing virtue that he had, we have for ourselves. All the wisdom that he has has been given to us. We, we, we are not behind in any matter, are we? No, we're joint heirs with Christ. And everything that was given to him was given to us. I know my, my sister and I, my parents, they didn't, they didn't make a lot of money, but they saved a lot of money. I don't know how they did it. They made wise investments. They were just real frugal. So when they died, they had a lot of money. And so when they passed away, they went, we went and they said, okay, you get half and you get half. We were joint heirs, heirs of our parents. We didn't do anything to get it, but we richly uh, benefit from it. And God wants to richly benefit you in all areas of your life. Amen? So what, are, what, what did we learn today? We learned that we're free from all the bondage. You know, there's 613 commandments in the Old Testament that we we're supposed to follow. 613. Can you do them all? No, we're freed from that. Praise God. We're free from ourselves. We don't have to be t tied into our, our lusts and our concerns and our habits and our addiction. We don't have to be. We can be free, free in Him. You can just shout and do all kinds of crazy things. We were doing prayer today before service, and I was shouting and jumping, and I said, excuse me, but that's just the way I am, you know. I can be free. You don't like it? <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Maybe it'll get on you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You can be free in him. You don't have to be stiff, right? Then we have to know what? We are loved. We are accepted. We're a child of God. We're his friend, and we're heirs of God according to the promise. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to hear wonderful truths in your word that we have promises that we can adhere to and grab hold of and make them ours so that we can be more than conquerors in this world. We're not mere men, but we've been, been bestowed with your power and your grace to do things that we couldn't do in our own self. But because we belong to you, we can see you work in our lives and we'll see your glory manifest and minister to us. In Jesus' name we pray and all agreed said, amen. amen.